This is Due South. I'm Leonida Inge. In the early 2000s, a marketing slogan emerged that blended all three major December holidays. Happy Christmas Hanukkah Wanzaka. It's a fun thing to say, but there's just one problem. Christmas Hanukkah Wanzaka conflates three holidays that are actually quite different. Kwanzaa, in particular, is distinct from Christmas and Hanukkah because it's not a religious holiday, but a purely cultural one. I'm here with Daryl Stover, cultural historian and performance poet, and this year he's hosting and curating the Kwanzaa celebration in Cary, North Carolina. Hi, Daryl. Hey, Leonida. You, you stop playing. I, hey, I, I can speak. <laughs> Tell- I can play. But I can't speak and play. You can't speak. I understand that. So tell me, what were you playing? Tell me, tell me a little bit about that instrument. This is a kalimba or mbira, coming out of, of course, Africa, earliest of pianos. Certainly made popular. Most people would say because of Maurice White, but he learned of from Earth, a man. Wind and fire. There you have it. <laughs> he learned from a gentleman in Chicago by the name of Phil Koran who played with Sun Ra and who was instrumental influencing a whole host of jazz musicians and others. And it is a very powerful instrument relative to our heritage, our history, and most importantly, our connection back through our African roots. Well, thank you for setting just a comforting tone to this conversation and to this studio You know, Kwanzaa has been around for more than 50 years now, but it seems like there's still, you know, a lot to be said, a lot to be learned, and some people probably don't know about it and, you know, exactly how it got started. Wow, 50 years, and I'm sure you've been celebrating Kwanzaa most of that time. Very much so. For me, it's been more like Mm 40-plus, maybe 45, (laughs) somewhere there around. But uh, if we look at it, uh, Kwanzaa celebrates, celebrated uh, its 50th anniversary in 2016. So we're shooting towards 60 years come uh, 2026 because it was started by Maulana Karinga in 1966. Wow, and it's a, an African-American and Pan-African holiday that, you know, we, it celebrates history values, family, community, and, of course, culture. Yes, it, it, it is about recalibrating, reconnecting, and passing on those values, history, heritage, and our culture, especially to our young folks, but especially through our communities and families. I must say, as I, over the years, rush around, like, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I know Christmas is on the way, and I feel I'm not prepared for that traditional commercial Christmas. And then it hits me, and I say, oh, I'm just going to wait for Kwanzaa. I say it all the time. Sometimes I don't even get any holiday cards out And when I feel, I said, but you know what? That's why Kwanzaa comes after Christmas. And I know I appreciate it, and I've appreciated it over all these decades because it kind of just makes me slow down. Mm-hmm. It makes me not think, oh, I gotta buy all these gifts. Um I have to, you know, even though Kwanzaa definitely food is a part of it, 
But, you know, because of the celebrating and, you know, being with family and friends, you know, you, you have to have food. But um, does it make you slow down as well and just kind of appreciate um, life as it is? Yeah, well, there are those of us who are very directly involved in ensuring that it happens every year, both in our own households and in our communities. So we sort of gear up early, just just like I am today. Uh, but I don't mind that. I remember when I first moved here in 96 and met Baba Chuck Davis uh, out on the street at Centerfest. The best dancer ever, the African-American dance and ensemble. And he, he asked me, uh, I gave him greetings from dance companies in Washington, D.C., where I'm from. And uh, he immediately said, oh, so you're a dancer. And I told him, I said, well, no, only at parties. He said, well, what do you do? I said, I'm a poet. And I shared with him a poem poem that I'd written for Pearl Primus, one of his uh, very strongly uh, engaged uh, anthropologists, dancers. uh, And he immediately said, let me hear it. And after I shared it with him, he was like, okay. So he put me to work with three of the members of the African-American Dance Ensemble to do a pre-Kwanzaa workshop at the John Avery Boys and Girls Club. Uh, And that was my entree into being engaged with Kwanzaa, uh, especially here in the Triangle. Yes, and I remember the Kwanzaa celebrations at the Haytai Heritage Center that um, that you would would lead. And, um, you know, when the kids are out of school, you know, for that week or so between Christmas, you know, Christmas break, mm-hmm. you know, in New Year's, I found it to be a perfect place to bring your child every day mm-hmm. as they celebrated those, the principles, mm-hmm. you know, of Kwanzaa. Tell me, um, before we talk about those principles, um, maybe you can tell me about some of the misconceptions about the holiday. Should I even call it a holiday? You know, um, what you've heard over the years, some of the pushback. Yeah, well, you know, let's talk about it as a cultural celebration. Okay. If we want to call holidays a cultural celebration, then fair enough. But I think more importantly, I think there is something to be said for the significance of what Kwanzaa is, what it was created to do. And it is that purpose, or Nia, that is essential to the practice. And it is about sustaining values within our community, those of us of African descent especially, uh, relative to who we are and what we are in the diaspora Mm -hmm. uh, as a people who have a very rich culture and should allow that rich culture to be like our uh, gift to the world. And we should find ways of uh, fortifying ourselves with that culture and being connected to it. And Kwanzaa is one of those ways of connecting and reconnecting year after year as we approach going into a new year uh, with a commitment uh, to those values and to our culture and who we are as a people. I always see it as just remembering the past even if it's the past year, and making sure I do better the, the next year. I want to talk more about the principles because I want you to go down the line for me because I think mm-hmm. the one in the middle is my is one of my favorites. Yeah, that 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 middle symbol 
uh, which is the Nguza Saba are the seven principles. Uh, they are represented in Kwanzaa by seven candles, three red, three green, and three black. And that black candle, of course, is the first candle that's lit on December 26th, and it represents Umoja, mm-hmm. unity. And that's about unity within the family and community and uh, in the uh, broad, if you will, collective of us of African descent. I'm looking at the candles. You set a beautiful Kwanzaa table for us in the Do South studio. Maybe you can tell me um, what else we have. We have fresh food, and you, you started us off with music, but what else do we have here? Well, it's important that these aspects, these symbols, uh, carry with it a rootedness in practices that go back to uh, African harvest celebrations. And that's what it's about, celebrating the harvest, celebrating our labor, our work. Uh, so as you see, I've brought some vegetables here. Many people fail to realize that uh, mahindi, uh, the vegetables, are, are actually the crops that come out of that hard work and represent uh, our, our Africanness in various ways, short shapes and forms. The African harvest. That's right. Uh, Mazao, corn, uh, represents our children. And usually if you're practicing uh, Kwanzaa in your household, you'll have an ear of corn for each child member of your family. And then, of course, there is the Kanara, which holds the candles. And the Kanara is... uh, our rootedness, our true African identity. It's to remind us of that as well. Um, It's always important to note that that's why this celebration exists about um, the whole notion of we go a long way back. Mm. I've just recently taken an interest in looking at several things, and a lot of us always want to know, those of us especially who were born in the States, what is our rootedness? And so there are a host of ways that we identify with that rootedness. Kwanzaa gives us that wonderful way uh, to fortify that. Well, I'm here with Daryl Stover, a, a, a longtime friend, and I've admired him and his work for several years. He's a cultural historian and performance poet, and we're looking at this lovely Kwanzaa um, table in our studio, yes. What books have you brought? You have to have books as part of the as part of the table. Well, the first and foremost, the key book to have is the book uh, written by Maulana Karinga, who uh, created Kwanzaa. Yes. Uh, and this is Kwanzaa: a Celebration of Family, Community, and Culture, and it is a wonderful and colorful book that gives us these insights. Keep in mind, the the principles and the symbols are all given to us through the language of Swahili, a very common language spoken throughout the continent. And so he carries us through that. But more importantly in this book, as is the case with other books, is the importance of 
this as a value system. And I, if there's any message that can be taken away from Kwanzaa when you attend it and, and celebrate it, it is a ways and means of establishing a workable value system. I like to take heart in the fact that my children, you know, they are embedded with these principles. My daughter's name is Imani. They're both in Savannah, Georgia, but they're into a practice and a cultural celebration. My daughter having created a nonprofit called Kwanzaa 365 because they understand the importance of both the value system and the cultural practice of sharing who we are through this wonderful celebration. You know, for someone who might want to observe Kwanzaa for the first time, you know, this year, you know, how might they go about that? Mm -hmm. And I also want to ask about um, different cultures um, celebrating Kwanzaa. Like I've attended um, several Kwanzaa celebrations in North Carolina, and I actually see people of all races and creeds and colors that attend, and they really seem to enjoy themselves. Yeah, I think Baba Chuck Davis is a perfect example. Um, he was about bringing the world together, everybody, right? And so when you look at that traditional celebration put on by he and the African-American Dance Ensemble every January 1st, which was his birthday. Yes. So for him, this is what I'm doing for my birthday. I am giving the community and all of us folks in Durham and beyond a wonderful cultural celebration to carry you through this new year. The celebrations that are public are an opportunity for others to get a greater understanding. So what should someone um, begin if they'd like to observe, of course, reading, mm -hmm. you know, the, one of the books by the founders, but mm -hmm. now it makes me, you know, just any, not any, but just a beautiful book of poetry should be at the table. Yeah. Um, the celebration is about, actually on every day of Kwanzaa, December 26th through uh, January 1st. Yeah. Reading a poem each day, mm. uh, identifying uh, a particular poem or reading that connects to uh, the principle for the day. So as we said, Umoja is the first day, which means unity. Uh, there is a book called The Complete Kwanzaa by Sister Dorothy Winbush Riley, where she's identified a wide variety of cultural uh, creatives who have either written or given speeches, and she's broken down. Uh, each of the principles. My favorite principle is the second principle, which is Kuji Chagulia. That's mine. That's mine. The word itself is my favorite <laughs> word on the planet. It is mine too. Kuji Chagulia. Yeah, I mean, just saying it, right? Yes. Makes you feel good. Yes. And what it means is self-determination. And no one defines you but you, right? That's right. But it's also defining yourself through your culture. And so... Kuji Chakulia, self-determination, uh, is very representative of that. How would you describe or explain why one should celebrate Kwanzaa now, if they weren't familiar before, but this would be a good time to do so? And maybe if you can recall one of your, your favorite moments in this celebration. Mm -hmm. 
the third principle is Ujima, mm. collective work and responsibility. We have work to do. Uh, my father used to always say, he'd always say, all right, time to police the area, which means that we as kids, not just his own, but all those other kids there too, needed to go around and pick up all of the popsicle sticks and candy wrappers and everything and uh, leave our neighborhood a whole lot better than what it was. Take care of home. And that's what we need to be considering first and foremost. How do we leave our kids a better world than what it is now? Well, thank you very much, Daryl Stover, a cultural historian, um, a performance poet, and this year you're hosting and curating the Kwanzaa Celebration in Cary, North Carolina. Thank you for being here. I am so glad to be here. I Keep in mind, there are four more principles. Oh, yeah. That's some work to do. We could we could run all of those down, but that work is for you to go out, that homework is for you to go out and identify those other principles, other symbols, and find a celebration in your own community and in your household. Keep it real, Daryl. Harambe. Harambe. <laughs> Due South is a production of WUNC and a broadcast service of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm Leonida Inge.